today on Doomed! Christian nationalism, January 6th, and connections to the far-right social media platform Gab. Is this man the most extreme Republican candidate this year? On today's episode of Doomed with Matt Binder, we will be getting into the gubernatorial candidate from the Republican Party for Pennsylvania, Doug Mastriano. And uh, let me tell you, this guy is, uh, he's, he's something. He's something else. And uh, joining me now, let me pull us up on the feed here, joining me now to discuss all of this is Christopher Mathias, senior reporter at the Huffington Post. And uh, Christopher, uh, Chris, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Oh, wait, hold on, sorry. Just put you up. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Like I mentioned to Chris before we went live, this is the first episode of the show with this second monitor I just got, which should make my life easier. But being that I'm getting used to it, I, I forgot to press one of the buttons on, on, the, on the other monitor <laughs> to bring you up. But uh, Chris, uh, thanks for joining me. Uh, fresh off of your weekend at a Mastriano rally. Yeah, man. Uh, thanks so much for having me. It's uh, it was it was quite a trip. Um, not the biggest rally in the world, but we'll we'll get into that later. <laughs> right. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I mean, I I was before we get too much into him. Let me just ask you this up top, sort of set the stage here about. Um, I mean, I guess the fact that he is the Republican candidate, um, mm -hmm. and he will be on the general election ballot in November. We should still be you know a little bit worried but how worried i guess should we be you just said that this rally was kind of uh uh well you didn't say it was a letdown yet but you said it wasn't so big um how's he how's he looking well yeah so so old dougie isn't looking too great right now um he is polling like double digits behind shapiro um he is kind of running out of cash and a lot of like major national Republican groups aren't funding him. He posted a very sad video um, last week, basically begging people to give him money, uh, where he had a fake drop of the Pennsylvania monument in, in Gettysburg um, behind him, um, where incidentally is where I'm from, but we'll, we'll get to that. Um, but yeah, he's, he's not doing great. And I think like, basically, um, they, the campaign was expecting a lot more people at this rally in Harrisburg. Um, so like according to the kind of permit they filed with the state capitol, um, and you know, obviously like you over always overestimate the amount of people are going to come, like you want as much space as possible. Um, but they, you know, got a permit for 2000 people. Um, and Mastriano, um, in the lead up to, the rally had posted a video with his lieutenant governor candidate, um, Carrie Del Rosso, basically inviting people to come to this big rally. Um, and of course, um, like about 50 people showed up. <laughs> Whoa, uh, was, when you said it wasn't so big, I was thinking, you know, I guess they expected what a couple hundred and maybe like <laughs> maybe a hundred, 200 showed up. Well, yeah, but I mean, 50 like, people. Could, yeah. 50 people, man. It was, it was pretty sad. Like, um, I got. I got to ask like if if we. I mean, everyone's been following the at least one specific campaign running in Pennsylvania, and that is right. of course the John Fetterman Doctor Oz uh, race. Of um, is is Mastriano doing worse than Doctor Oz? I think so. And also, like as as much as I want to like, and I think you kind of pointed to this, but like as much as I want to talk about how like bad the campaign is going for Mastriano. Like I want to like, you know, he could, he could still do it, you know, who knows? Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and also, and I think we'll, this will become clear too, is that like the fact that he has the amount of support he does already is, is deeply concerning. Um, but yes, I think he's doing worse than Dr. Oz. Um, and it's like getting a little desperate. Um, 
I think, you know, it's, it's tough with campaign rallies sometimes, right? Cause you know, they happen kind of on the fly, like some, you don't you never know how many people are going to turn up, but to hold like, and I think it's important to, to realize too, is that like Mastriano doesn't hold a ton of public rallies. He has basically kind of closed himself off from the press and holds a lot of events in private spaces. Um, and so to hold like a public rally, if there was real energy behind your campaign, you know, you would expect a lot more people there. Um, and I think there was like, you know, I tried to like in the article, be fair and like come up with some excuses for him. Um, like, you know, basically like it was during a Penn state game. <laughs> um, it like, there was, um, you know, a January 6th truth rally down in D.C. that maybe if someone, one of the supporters would maybe want to go to. Or maybe, like, you just didn't advertise it enough, you know? Like, whatever, right. like, a you know, a, a small, small fault. But it did, it did, like, the feeling of the rally just felt like it was losing a little steam. Um, so, yeah, I don't know, man. We're, we're only, what, like, five, six weeks out now? Um, and I was much more concerned about him maybe winning this thing a few weeks ago than I am now. Oh, right. I'll put it that way. Right. You know, uh, well, you know, another thing we could give to Mastriano is, you know, maybe uh, the anticipation uh, for the NHL season beginning in two weeks, well, three weeks <laughs> yes, from yes, then. Yes. People were staying yes. home. <laughs> They're just just getting ready, just getting ready. I mean, uh, you, yeah. you know, they've got some. They got they got they got teams. You know, Pennsylvania PA takes their hockey seriously. Uh, <laughs> it does. It does. <laughs> um, you know, I I asked you this again, I, I, so we can go into this. I, you know, I wanted to know whether I should go into this. Uh, and cry as you're telling me how terrible he is, knowing he can pull this off. Or, again, I'm not going to say, uh, you know, sit back and relax, but, or if we could, like, just be a little bit cautious and just, like, take it in and see how it goes as we discuss this. Because, you know, people should not count him out. Again, uh, he is the yeah. Republican candidate. He will be one of two people on that general election ticket. Well, at least one of two with a ch an actual chance. I don't know if there's any third yeah, parties yeah. running. Um, so yeah, let's, let's get into this. Cause you know, uh, I actually have had listeners over the past week or so reach out to me about, you know, I, I would love to hear about uh, an episode about Mastriano. And I was like, you know, it's, that's the show's wheelhouse. So let's get into this. Um, but yeah. for people who aren't familiar with Doug Mastriano, who is he? Sure. Yeah. Um, so Doug Mastriano is a state senator uh, from South Central Pennsylvania. So kind of uh, Adams County, Franklin County. Um, I'm from Adams County, so I'm from this district. Um, and he is a veteran. He, uh, I believe, served in Desert Storm. Um, loves to talk about his military past. Um, and he worked at the Army War College in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. Um, uh, and there, there's also a story came out recently that <laughs> while he was at the Army War College, um, they were having some event and he dressed up like a Confederate <laughs> uh, reenactor, which was like a, a story for a week there. Um, but yeah, and he basically, you know, was a state senator who made a real effort to be the foremost like election denier in Pennsylvania, you know, one of the most important crucial battleground states in the presidential election. Um, and so he really, really made him made himself a name for that. Um, really did the tour of right wing media. Um, he's been a feature on, uh, Steve Bannon's the war room for a long time now. Um, and so he really established himself as one of the foremost election deniers, um, even before the 2020 election. And then when the election happened, he um, really got involved and basically introduced a resolution in the state legislature, um, which would have basically, so Biden won Pennsylvania by like 80,000 votes, right? What Mastriano wanted to do uh, was basically claim those fraud those votes fraudulent and cast a new 
uh, slate of electors from the state of Pennsylvania. Um, and I'm sure, you know, I, I know people are familiar with the scheme already, but um, so he introduced a resolution trying to do that. Um, it didn't work, but it obviously very much endeared him to MAGA world and to Trump world. Um, he also held, um, there was that famous um, conference in Gettysburg, like the election denying conference, where he was basically trying to, with Rudy Giuliani, um, where they were trying to, like right after the election, where they were trying to push this kind of fake, elect, fake elector scheme and push um, all this voter fraud stuff. Um, and so that also kind of raised his profile. Um, and then he was also just kind of, you know, a very kind of canny operator on social media where he really developed a devoted following on Facebook um, where he was pushing, you know, all of this far right stuff, uh, mostly election denial or in his words, election integrity stuff um, that uh, made him a real name come uh, the primaries for governor. Um, and, you know, primaries often, you know, you people, there's kind of a rush to appeal to the base and appeal to the kind of the most extreme right-wing elements. Um, Mastriano was obviously doing that. Um, not necessarily, he wasn't performing his right-wing bona fides, like he is very extreme. Um, and it kind of paid dividends for him. Um, and then also his opponent, um, well, like, you know, imminent opponent, the Democrat, Josh Shapiro, um, kind of did a risky move, which was, and we've seen this, I think, in a few races across the country, where Shapiro, a Democrat, um, made campaign ads for Mastriano um, because he saw him as a more beatable candidate in the general election because um, he was, you know, a more extreme candidate and therefore saw him as more beatable. Um, initially when Shapiro did that, um, uh, I was very skeptical. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> it never, and also, it usually doesn't work out actually. Like, that, yeah, uh, I feel like Donald Trump yeah. is a good example of, uh, you know, the, that strategy not working out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I feel like that flies in the face of everything we've learned over the last five years. Um, but, um, at any rate, I mean, maybe that's. Maybe he made the right bet. I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe that's what's happening now. Because I think Shapiro has been able to really hammer home to voters how extreme uh, Mastriano is. Um, and it's just millions and millions of dollars of ads. Uh, like, his message is, every time, is uh, Mastriano is too extreme for Pennsylvania, is too extreme for Pennsylvania, too extreme for Pennsylvania. Um, and then, and Mastriano doesn't, like, respond to it he doesn't ha he doesn't have any um he's not buying any campaign ads to kind of rebut those things he's very much he's very much operating in the like kind of far right si like silo and media universe and i think this this election in a way is kind of a good test of whether or not that's enough to win an election and right now you know doesn't seem like it is Right, right, and and let me let me ask this before we get uh, into into some more things because uh, you were mentioning he you know Mastriano's involvement in the you know the uh, election fraud push in 2020 was he a part of the <laughs> infamous Four Seasons Total Landscaping press conference or was he not? Oh shit! You know I actually don't know. Was he? I don't know. I'm, I, 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 I actually no. So I actually no I don't know if he was. Yeah. Um, Doesn't oh, look man, like so it. Okay. I, I had to I, ask because that's I, the I, one that comes to mind. That. Yeah, but what he what he was involved in though was I mean he I, I should have mentioned this earlier. This is one of the most important things on his resume, um, which is that he was at the Capitol on January sixth, and oh, he, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so so uh, even even better. Um, yeah. So, it is. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, so a quick backstory on that, which is that um, Mastriano um, rented out buses and literally bus people to the Stop the Steel rally at the Capitol. Um, so, like, a lot of people there on January 6th were there because Mastriano brought them there. Um, I think I think the buses picked them up in New York. I, I can't remember where exactly in South Central PA it was. But at any rate, um, they get down there. Mastriano marches to the Capitol 
Um, and he's there with, I believe, his wife. He's taking selfies with all the insurrectionists. Um, and then, you know, afterwards, obviously, it's a news story that the state senator was at the insurrection. And he, like, basically kind of denied and denied, denied that he, like, he, you know, did a lot of, like, what a lot of, like, elected officials did uh, that were kind of caught out for being there, which was they said, you know, we weren't involved in the violence. You know, we, like, saw it and, and walked away. Um, as more and more footage came back from after January 6th, it became clearer and clearer that, that uh, Dougie was much closer to uh, the violence at the Capitol than he had kind of previously let on and had even, I think, I don't think I'm misstating this, I think he like walked past a police barricade that had been kind of pushed over. Um, double check me on that. Um, but at any rate, uh, Doug was Doug was there. Um, so that's a very important part of, of his resume. Did do you know if there was any uh, investigation into how much he knew beforehand? Because I know, you know, a lot of those people. I mean, obviously, this was already a publicly announced event. Um, but it seems like the people who um, set up the bus rides there, for the most part, had some more knowledge than you know than most about what was gonna uh, go down, what the purpose of the event was. Yeah, I mean, I think that's so. A lot of those details are going to come out um, at some point. Um, so, Mastriano is among many elected officials who have been subpoenaed by the House Select House Select Committee investigating January six. Um, he, so I believe um, he was subpoenaed, and then he did agree to an interview. Um, but basically walked out of the interview pretty quickly um, because they, it was something about like he and his lawyer wanted to record the interview. And I think the, like the committee was like, no, like that's not how this works or something. Um, but it was ba basically a way for him to kind of get out of it. Um, so I don't know like actually what is going to come of Mastriano and the January 6th committee. Um, but, but to your question, um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure he knew it might get a little spicy on January 6th. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, maybe maybe this uh, this campaign was a, a Hail Mary, just like, you know, Trump's thinking of announcing uh, his presidential campaign as soon as uh, shit gets real for him. Uh, <laughs> and, like, if he wins, he's thinking, oh, you know, they can't come after me now. I'm governor of PA. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Maybe. Um, yeah. Uh, it, it'll, you know, if he does lose this election, I, it'll be curious to see what he actually does afterwards. Um, you know, I could kind of see him becoming like a MAGA media figure, like influencer, right. um, which I think a lot of these, that's kind of the direction a lot of these people go in. Um, or he'll just stay in the state Senate. But I feel like that's beneath his ambitions. Right. And what is this this report that you had uh, in during the summer about um, he used campaign funds for a January 6th committee lawyer? Yeah. Um, so basically, it seems like he and it's a little honestly, I don't know the ins and outs of like campaign law, um, but he used his campaign funds to pay for. Uh, this lawyer to represent him to the House Committee. Um, and this lawyer, um, if I remember correctly, has been mixed up with a lot of fiery figures. Um, but what's his name again? I had a very blunt Parlatore. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had that's a very it. Blunt... Yeah. Timothy yeah, yeah. Parlatore. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, the, the lawyer made it clear that like this doesn't violate any laws. And like, honestly, I don't know if it does. Um, but Mastrio like did use campaign money to basically defend himself for the insurrection, which, right. you know, is, is something voters should probably be aware of. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, um, if you want the guy, you know, if you're donating to a candidate because you want them to to win. I mean, that's not the same as donating a candidate because you want them to 
get out of any legal trouble they might be in. I mean, maybe you don't mind, depending on, you know what, I'm sure a lot of these people wouldn't mind that. But, yeah. but you should know about it because I know, like, for example, if I was to donate to Bernie Sanders and then found out that he was using my money to get out of some uh, lawsuit where he was running some cryptocurrency scheme in the background, <laughs> uh, then I would want to know because I certainly I, I would not want to help. I, I like Bernie, but I wouldn't want to help him get away with defrauding people via crypto. <laughs> that would be uh, deeply upsetting. Also, a giant story if Bernie was really into into crypto. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, man, I, I, I would have to do a, a dual show with my other podcast. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's get into um, a, a little bit of this, actually, because – oh, actually, I, I don't want to forget about asking you this. Sure. I'm assuming Mastriano has Donald Trump's blessing. He received the endorsement and all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, like – it's it's hard to describe. Like Mastriano, I think claims to talk to Trump like every week or something. Like he claims to be like very close to to Trump, and and you know I would I wouldn't doubt it. I think like you know if anything, um, what uh, if anything that's been demonstrated over these last few years is that Trump kind of prizes loyalty beyond anything else, right? Um, and Mastriano has been completely loyal. Like he's devoted his whole career to the lie that. Um, you know, those, the election was stolen for Trump. He's like Trump's like, you know, warrior in the key battleground state. Um, so yes, like a blessing and then, and then some, uh, from Trump. Yeah. Right. right. I ask cause you know, uh, I wasn't sure if maybe it was one of those situations where like during the primary, both Republican candidates just happened to be named Doug and Trump said, <laughs> I endorse Doug. Like he did. Where did he do that for? I forgot, but he did that for some. Oh, yeah. Where was that? That was in, oh fuck. I can't remember. Right. But God. it was like two guys named Mike and he couldn't choose between them. So he, I mean, it's, came ca- out- it's kind of, bri- kind of brilliant in a way. Right. <laughs> so he came out the day before and goes, I endorse Mike. And they both claim the endorsement was for them. And then when one of the Mike's won the next day, Trump came out and was like, I always knew Mike would win. That's why I endorsed him. Well, I think from what I can recall, there was only one Doug in the Pennsylvania primary. So, okay. so I, th- I, th- I think I knew who he was talking about. Yeah, yeah. Cool. All right. Just wanted to make sure. So, yeah. you know, uh, you know, I, I cover a lot of uh, right wing extremist figures on the show, uh, you know, across the board and the ideological spectrum of, you know, your, your basic uh, maybe not much that much of a difference nowadays. But there is uh, enough to talk about, you know, your, your modern day Republican and then all the way to your straight up neo-Nazi white supremacists or whatever. And sure. um you know, uh, Doug here, Doug Mastriano, appears to be someone who uh, partakes in the, uh, from what I've heard, the Christian nationalism spectrum of the right. Um, what exactly um, puts him there? What What has he been doing to, you know, portray himself as a Christian nationalist? Sure. Um, so... Yeah, basically, like, I mean, Christian nationalism is basically like this belief, right, that like America is a nation by and for Christians, um, and that it's like in need of saving from like satanic forces. Like, and when I say satanic forces, I'm not like exaggerating. Like, it talks about it in those terms. Like, it uses the word Satan. <laughs> um, and, and basically, they feel like it's their divine, God-given mission that they, um, you know, kind of take control and take power. Um, and it is like at its root, and I think something that doesn't always come across in the coverage of Christian nas- Christian nationalism is that at its core, it is like explicitly anti-democratic. It is does not believe in pluralism. Does not believe in uh, democracy. It, it believes in dominion and domination, and a kind of, you know, a government run by um, their very particular interpretation of scripture. Right. Um, it's like a theocracy. 
you know, the, yeah, you no. know man's it, it, laws it, here on earth, government laws, uh, do not supersede what they believe is handed down to them from, uh, you know, Jesus Christ and the great Lord above. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's, it's actually not an exaggeration, exaggeration to call them like theocrats. And, um, it's very, it's, it's been very interesting actually over the last few years. And I'm sure this is something you've seen as well, but to watch the far right, um, basically, you know, like figures like Nick Fuentes, like of like the American America first movement, um, you know, Fuentes, I'm sure maybe you've talked about him on here before, but he, you know, is a white nationalist was at, uh, Charlottesville. Um, he's a young dude, but has like, you know, kind of made this movement around him. Um, and of, of white nationalists, but they, they, it's straight up white nationalism that they, um, kind of put in the language of, uh, Christianity, um, and that they very loudly profess their own faith. Um, and then you have like similar figures out West, like Vincent James Fox in Idaho, who is also like this, um, who like very, is very explicit about wanting to make America, like a Christian government, a Christian nation, this very far-right version. Um, Mastriano is part of that. Um, and he has all of these crazy, like, acolytes and prophets around him, um, these kind of snake oil salesmen around him, who are pushing this very particular brand of Christian nationalism. Um, so a week prior to the rally in Harrisburg that I was at, he held a rally in Chambersburg with uh, Donald Trump Jr. And one of the people they that mastriano invited to speak um was this guy named lance i'm gonna fuck up his last name i think it's well and or something um but he is like I, I cannot describe like um what a snake oil snake oil salesman he is and like he is a self-described prophet he is like a literal prayer coin salesman um who has talked about calls biden the antichrist um, and that's who, um, Mastriano is decided to kind of hitch his wagon to and, um, bring on the campaign trail with him. I want to, I want to, I want to add an addendum here. When they call Biden an antichrist, they don't mean it in like the cool dark Brandon way. <laughs> no, 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 no. They, <laughs> yes, precisely. They, they mean it in the very, very literal sense. Um, like, I think like when you hear Mastriano talk sometimes, like, you can tell that he really does think he has direct line to God. Like he thinks he talks to God and he thinks that he is on a mission um, as the gubernatorial candidate for this very important state in this kind of God destined country that is America um, to, you know, he's, he's on a mission to be part of reclaiming that country for God. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's like, you sound like, sometimes it's hard to get across cause it's so crazy. Um, and I think like, this is probably, this is kind of always the problem. It's just, uh, you kind of can't scream loud enough about how, how crazy it is. Right. You know, I, I feel like obviously the entire Republican party, like the entire right as a whole, um, is obviously driven by their quote unquote Christian values. But I feel like mm. the, the, out and out Christian nationalists like Doug Mastriano do look at it a little bit differently. Like it's not like they're like guided by what they were taught in school at church mm. or whatever. It's like actually they're they're what they live by twenty four seven and think everyone else should live by too. It's it's yeah. it's yeah. Well it's so and I'm gonna be doing like I'm going to be going to Pennsylvania in the next couple of weeks to kind of dive deeper into Mastriano's Christian nationalism. And, um, I mean, it's something I've been thinking about a lot lately and like, I'm from his, di I'm from central PA. I'm from his district. I grew up going to church. Um, and like, I think like this specific brand of Christian nationalism, like just conjures up for me at least like a lot of like, you know, Growing up, I've, I've always felt like the people that kind of profess their faith the loudest um, are often have the least authentic faith and um, are using that faith as a cover for very cruel and self-serving purposes. 
Um, and I think he has used his Christian nationalism to, you know, kind of ascend his own profile. Um, and as a means of like, and we haven't gotten into the rally yet, but like the, like kind of like the, the cruelty of the rally and the cruelty of this movement, um, especially when it pertains to the way it talks about trans people and immigrants is just really horrifying and not like, you know, I'm not like a religious person or whatever, but it's not in keeping with, I think the message of a lot of people of faith. Right. And that's that's the the best case scenario, because also another thing that usually drives this sort of loud and out profession of their Christianity is uh, something some skeletons in the closet that they, they don't want. But but that's not everybody. So I'm not going to speculate, yeah. but <laughs> that does often become, uh, you know, discovered in these sorts of people. Again, not Mastriano, but people like him. Um so yeah, who knows? Yeah. Uh, maybe well, maybe you'll have a really interesting report coming out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, hopefully. I mean, I feel like I feel like the most famous story about that is that who was the guy in Idaho, the senator back in the day, that was like a huge homophobe, but then got caught in the bathroom. Do you oh. remember that story? Oh my! It became like an ongoing joke throughout the. I can't remember yeah. his name now. Oh my god! I feel like if I. I mean, I, mean, I, I can't remember. Um, we'll we'll figure it out. Um. Idaho. I'm going to Google it real quick. Larry Craig. Larry Craig. There it is. Um, Yeah, but I think that's a good example of that. I don't remember the details in that story too much. Also, it was probably kind of like a fucked up sex thing. There's, that's a, yeah, there's layers to that story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So do you think that, um, the you know because you you have another piece on and I gotta ask I'm I'm assuming you've been familiar with Mastriano for way longer than the rest of the country has been familiar with him because you yeah. grew up in the area yeah yeah I mean every time I go home there's um, Mastriano signs everywhere he um, recently opened a kind of campaign headquarters in uh, Gettysburg where I'm from um, so yeah yeah I've, I've been aware of him for a while. Yeah. Right. And, and also so, like he was, yeah, he, he, like he, you know, had kind of made a name for himself up at the U S army war college, which is in Carlisle. Um, I think there's also, sorry, this is a bit of a tangent, but he is like a PhD in history or whatever. And like specializes, specializes in military history. Um, he wrote some account of world war one, um, which was just widely disputed and slammed by European historians. Um, so I think he's on top of, he's also a sham historian basically, which right. isn't a surprise. Yeah. Yeah. These guys love rewriting history to fit their right wing, their modern day right wing, uh, beliefs. Um, I, yeah, yeah. To, call, to call it modern day too, like it's modern day for what represents them, but the actual beliefs are, are not modern at all. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so do you think that plays into because you have this piece about how he has a big secret regarding who mm. he really wants to uh, and he won't share who his secretary of state pick would be. And this is right. important because this is the person who basically oversees Pennsylvania's elections. Um, now, is 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 this because you think that uh I mean, it's got to be, but I, I want to hear hear from you just to be clear. Um, it, it's because he's got someone really extreme in mind, whether it be a religious fanatic like those prophets you say he has surrounding him or a straight up like 2020 election denier. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, he like basically I think he told Steve Bannon once um, that he I forget what the exact quote was. I'm trying to find it now. But he basically said that, like, you know, I'm going to put. Um, a ref- voting reform-minded individual um, into that office, um, which in Mastriano parlance means, you know, someone that believes in the big lie fully. Um, and so, yeah, me and my um, colleague, Travis Waldron, have post kind of looked into um, who those candidates might be, and kind of everyone in Pennsylvania has kind of the same guesses. Um, Mastriano slipped up once and referred to, uh, this, and by the way, I should, I should back up for a second. Um, Pennsylvania is, um, a little weird in that, uh, the governor gets to appoint the secretary of state, which has like a lot of power over the election and how it's run. 
Um, so obviously, you know, come 2024, it's extreme. I, I know th- this is kind of the heart of the Mastriano story, which is that like the reason he is such a threat is that come 2024, if the election comes down to Pennsylvania and he's governor, he will throw it to Trump or DeSantis. Um, he, he will not, he would completely disregard, um, you know, what the actual outcome is and will devise some scheme to put his person in place. Um, so that's why his candidacy is an emergency on top of a lot of emergencies. Um, but so some of the people that he has, that people think it, it will be is Tony Shoup. He's the co-founder of Out of the Boat PA, um, which is kind of just like a allegedly grassroots uh, election denial group um, that like has kind of done some kind of sham voting audits kind of like they did in Arizona. Um, and then there's the, um, uh, what's your face? Jenna Ellis, the former Trump advisor. Um, and then Ivan Raiklin, another kind of former Trump circle people. So it's, it's basically everyone that kind of believes in the big lie hundred percent. Um, so it's a deeply concerning prospect. Right, right. You know, you, you, we've been hearing about all these, uh, you know, these QAnon candidates running for like Secretary of State all across the country. Um, right. In in Pennsylvania's case, like I didn't know that, but in Pennsylvania's case, it now makes sense why like Doug Mastriano was their pick for governor because yeah. it wasn't really like big picture in terms of like running like the state of Pennsylvania, the big picture for them, I really do think, like you said, is that secretary of state choice to then throw Pennsylvania to whoever the Republican candidate is in 2024. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That is. Yeah. Can can you imagine though, like the chaos that that would cause like the turmoil would be, be fucking nuts. Yeah. Right. Right. Which is also why it's important that like, this doesn't happen in other States too. Cause like, Odds are there probably will be some really messed up secretary of state in one of these, you know, in in at least one of these states. And, you know, if if let's say one of these states is thrown, I mean, it would still be crazy. But if there's enough to stop it from actually changing the outcome of the presidential election, then, you know, it wouldn't be as off the wall. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So let's now talk about. The Gab connection, because you know, this yeah, this is how I first mostly learned about Mastriano, because I thought this was uh, insane. I mean, I, the the you know, and you did great reporting on this and um, the idea that an actual Republican candidate, a Republican Party candidate would. Yes, we all know they have these crazy beliefs and everything. But I feel like a lot of them know to stay away from Gab, if only for, like, the PR media, like, how it would look. Yeah, um, Yeah, tell us about his connections with Gab. And it's not just like, oh, he has a profile on there. We're talking, like, exchange <laughs> of money. Yeah. Um, yeah, th- thanks for asking about this. I think it's like the most important. I think it's one of the most important things that's come out about Mastriano this year. Um, so basically, so I want to shout out Eric Hinoki at Media Matters, who has done fantastic work um, on this story and on Mastriano in general. Um, but basically, Eric kind of found out earlier this year that um, Mastriano's campaign had paid $5,000 to um gab uh for consulting campaign consulting um so i think a lot of your listeners obviously know what gab is and know how fucked up it is um but it kind of bears repeating that like gab is a white supremacist website it's run by a white supremacist and especially in the pennsylvania context it is so like important because the tree of life shooter in pittsburgh who shot up the synagogue and you know killed 11 people um, I think that was in 2018, um, uh, was a Gab user and kind of announced his massacre, his pogrom on, on Gab. Um, so it's something that should have special 
you know, people in Pennsylvania should um, know what Gab is and know how shitty it is. Um, Mastriano paid a $5,000 consulting fee. Um, then uh, I got a tip that after this fee was paid, every new user on Gab was automatically following Mastriano. Um, and I, yeah. And so I tested it out myself and, um, I like got like 10 coworkers at HuffPost to sign up for Gab and have been apologizing to them for ever since. Um, but, but basically they all automatically followed, um, Mastriano. And it was pretty clear that after this payment was made, his, like follower account shot up. So I think um, I'm looking at it now. So yeah, in early April, he had like 2,300 followers on Gab. And then like, you know, a few months later, he had like 40,000. Um, and it seemed like Torba, Andrew Torba, the founder of Gab, was um, kind of pumping Mastriano up on Gab. And it seems like that's something that Andrew Torba is doing for a lot of fire candidates across the country. There was a I believe a Rolling Stone story about that this week, which um, I need to look at. Um, but I think like it's really bears repeating how extreme Andrew Torba is, the founder of Gab. So he's very much in this kind of Christian nationalist mold, right? And spoke at the America First White Supremacist Conference in um, Florida, where Nick Fuentes, who we already talked about, was speaking and, and who had organized it. It's where Marjorie Taylor Greene spoke, um, uh, which was a big story for a minute. Um, but like Torbo once said that we are building a parallel Christian society because we are fed up and done with the, quote, Judeo-Bolshevik one, um, which, you know, is using a term, like a straight up Nazi term. Um, and he is so explicitly fucking anti-Semitic, um, Andrew Torbo. It's, it's crazy that Mastriano would, would want to get even close to him. Um, and then after the Buffalo massacre, um, you know, where a white supremacist killed, you know, targeted black people at a grocery store, Andrew Torba implored his followers to marry and reproduce with only white people. Um, so this is who we're talking about, like the most extreme of the extreme. Um, and Mastriano was paying him, um, and then, you know, basically kind of refused to apologize, um, you know, put out some kind of statement about it, you know, saying that he renounces anti-Semitism, yada, yada, yada. Um, but then it emerged today, there's a media matters, matters story today that um, he, Mastriano, accepted a $500 donation from Andrew Torba. Um, so I think, I think it like really throws into relief, the gab shit really throws into relief what Mastriano and his and his kind of crew are all about, right? And I, you know, but, but however, we do have to reevaluate here that if you think about uh, the amount that Mastriano paid Torba and then the amount Torba contributed to Mastriano, <laughs> the end of the day, Mastriano only gave Gab four thousand five hundred, four thousand, right, which yeah. completely changes everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, it is. It's it's really something that he would or really anyone would go ahead and want to openly be associated with that website. Like for people yeah. again, I, I have covered it on this show before. Um, oh, and I meant to men mention earlier that uh, when you mentioned Nick Fuentes, uh, I have covered him on the show before. And in fact, I, I can't remember what episode, but um, someone called in uh, like a year or two ago to tell me how you know they they. Um, their friend was Nick Fuentes's like roommate in college and they had uh, uh an interesting story. I don't remember all the details, but I got to find out what episode that was. But uh that's that's interesting you mentioned that cuz I've well we've heard some from some old classmates of Fuentes as well and yeah, uh, there's nothing I can talk about right now, but right. yeah, it's it's yeah. interesting. He's so. a big from 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 uh sh long story short, he was a big old loser. <laughs> <laughs> Which tracks, which tracks. Which tracks, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, but back to Gab, I mean, the idea that you would openly, uh, to give people an understanding here, 
Parlor, Getter, Truth Social. Everyone's familiar with them at this point. The right wing media, social media networks and platforms that grew out of, you know, the the aftermath of the 2020 election and the January 6th insurrection that ended up kicking Trump off of all these platforms. So these right wing platforms blew up and one of them, Truth Social, is even owned by Trump. None of these come even like they're both extreme in their own right, in their own ways, but none of them come close to how uh, far right wing Gab is. Mm. Yeah, man. Yeah, no, it's um, it's extremely fucked. I, it's like and, you know, I, I want to emphasize again, like especially in the Pennsylvania context, like the the, the massacre um, in Pittsburgh was very much like a kind of Gab massacre like that's where he announced it that's where you know he was sharing memes beforehand um about um you know classic anti-semitic tropes about jews bringing immigrants into the country this was during one of kind of trump's big um kind of manufactured panics and fox news like manufactured panics about like one of the migrant caravans um which obviously got a lot of traction on Gab, and then we had a massacre. Um, so yeah, like yeah, um, yeah, fuck that shit. I, I covered the 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 synagogue, the that massacre, and uh, yeah, it's one of the most horrible things I've ever covered. Um, and it, like, I, I think that's why it's very important to stress how extreme Mastriano is. The fact that he would associate himself with that um is you know it should be it's it's why I, I think and what i've been trying to get across in the articles is, is that his candidacy really is um kind of like the biggest emergency in american politics even if he is you know even if he's having his rally on saturday was a bust even if he's down in the polls um i think it's important to kind of remain vigilant um and and keeping an eye on keeping an eye on him and then and then it's like still even if he's down 10 points that means he still has like support of that much of Pennsylvania, um, which, you know, is deeply concerning as well. Right. Right. So, so to, to end here, let's just, let's just, or, or, you know, uh, uh, go full circle here and get back to that sure. rally that you attended this weekend. We already laid down what, uh, you know, a failure it was from an attendance standpoint, but who did attend? Like, were there some <laughs> names that, or like were these just like regular ordinary Republican voters? Were these like figures within, uh, you know, the the right wing various right wing movements? Like you know, any influential like conservative commentators, uh, militia groups, right wing gangs, or whatever? Or you know, what who was there? Sure, um, yeah. So like that's kind of like been my whole beat these last few years is basically going to rallies and trying to identify the figures there um and there weren't like so it was such a small rally but there was some interesting people there um so the whole thing was organized by this guy michael dano um who is a like uber lyft driver in philly who met mastriano at a reopen rally like a kind of covid denial rally in 2020 um also, hard to overestimate how much of, like, kind of Mastriano coalition was built out of anti-mask shit and anti-lockdown shit. Right. Um, so Dano was the organizer. Um, That's probably the easiest, it, like, opening for, like, regular people who may not be, like, integrated yeah, into man. the far-right movements. I mean, yeah. everyone was affected by it. Everyone's got opinions on it. And uh, the people who really hated that shit... Uh, that's like the one issue voter of if you hated that and promised never to have it happen again, then I'm on your team and I don't care what the rest of your politics are. Yeah, man, exactly. I think like we're, we're still coming to terms with what like a mass right wing radicalization event the pandemic was because it kind of opened people like it was an introduction to a lot of far right shit for a lot of people. Um, and so, yeah, at any rate, Ma Michael Dano was the, um, the organizer he was the first person i met there uh, as soon as i arrived he was like bringing chairs up the steps and he uh asked and like i told him i was a journalist and he called me a shark circling the waters um <laughs> and like it was like you know like kind of in the spirit of banter or whatever but um and i you know i played nice um 
And then the first other people I saw there were a contingent from a group called the South Central Pennsylvania Patriots, uh, which are very clearly like a kind of militia group or militia adjacent group. They had like the three percenter patch on their arm. Um, and uh, I mean, I don't want to, I didn't see guns on them. I'm, I'm sure they probably had guns. I don't know. I don't want to speculate. Right. Um, and then um, there was also a character named Jeremy Oliver, who is a very close associate of Mastriano, who was wearing a Project Veritas hat um, and who the Mastriano campaign paid, I think, like 80,000 bucks um, for some kind of consultation or like um, media. And, and he seems to kind of show up to campaign rallies and be a videographer. Um, it was actually kind of a funny scenario because Jordan Klepper from The Daily Show was at this rally. Um, so, like, the media contingent there was me, Jordan Klepper, and, like, a guy from The Times and a few local reporters. Um, but Jordan oh, Klepper you was said, like, You said 50 people attended and just named 10 media people. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. So the, 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 the 50 is not including the media to be okay. fair oh 60 yeah. it's Whoa. <laughs> again yeah. just like the 4500 this puts everything yeah, in a new light <laughs> new, new light. Um, and also maybe my count was off i think the time said there were 60 people but i thought there was 50 um but at any rate um jordan klepper was like going up to rally attendees and trying to talk to them and do his you know his whole shtick daily show shtick um and at, at one point jeremy oliver kind of came over and kind of inserted himself and kind of made clear that this interview was over and like not to talk to Jordan Klepper. And then I noticed Jeremy Oliver like following Jordan Klepper around all day, like and following his like camera crew around all day. Um, yeah, a weird scene. Um, and then uh, there was also like a smattering of like kind of state uh, legislature candidates, like kind of far right candidates. Oh yeah. We, we didn't even talk about this, but like a state, uh, uh, representative that was there who's like a Mastriano ally um, admitted <laughs> for the first time to receiving a federal subpoena um, in regards to January 6th because um, like I think a bunch of state house reps are involved were involved in Mastriano's scheme to set up these fake electors um, so that was something that happened um, so there's like a lot of state house reps there um, and people and running in kind of like down ballot campaigns um, and then Mastriano didn't show up for like two hours. Um, and uh, and when he did, he gave like a kind of typically typical stump speech. Um, I think one of the more striking moments was when he referenced Ron DeSantis's Martha's Vineyard stunt um, and laughed and then said as governor, he would use, quote, my Pennsylvania state police to send immigrants to Biden's house in Delaware. Um but then the, and then like, you know, it, it ended. Mastriano rushed away before he could talk to any press. Because Mastriano doesn't really talk to the press. Um, and apparently, I didn't see this, but apparently, um, he uh, one of his security detail like kind of pushed aside a local reporter who was trying to ask Mastriano if he would accept the results if he lost. Um, so, and then. After Mastriano left, there was a kind of a very um, sad scene that I tried to discuss in my article, which is that Michael Dano, the organizer, uh, put on the song. Do you remember that Toby Keith song, Courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue, from like after 9-11, that like kind oh of very my, jingoistic? I do, yeah. yes. Yeah, because we'll like we'll put a boot in your ass because it's the American way, that that one. Um, so he, he played that on the speaker twice while they unveiled this kind of like 50-foot flag. And then just stood holding it and like, you know, around the flag and just kind of waving it up and down for like five minutes, like silently, um, kind of like they're like preschoolers playing that like parachute game. Um, and then, yeah, and then they all left. Um, and then I went and watched the end of the Penn State game. <laughs> <laughs> Which again, the reason why um, there wasn't ten thousand people there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know. But yeah. No. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, yeah. No. I mean, it was just like I, I was kind of under the impression that it would be a big rally. Like people, I think, had into like observers, like not only like kind of right wing observers, but like 
maybe down the middle observers or people on the left were kind of anticipating this to be a big rally because it's in Harrisburg, it's in the Capitol, it's you know only six weeks before the election. But at the end of the day, it was just a complete bust um, and kind of one of the sadder things I've, I've covered. Still scary, but, but sad. Right. And I think, you know, the takeaway for people listening to this after, of course, learning about Doug Mastriano because he probably isn't – well, maybe he will, but let's go off the fact that if he loses, he probably doesn't just disappear. He probably sticks around and remains a figure, at least in Pennsylvania, if not on a a larger scale like you had mentioned earlier where you could see him making like a a right-wing media play after this, after – you know, if he loses. Um, But, of course, if we don't want him to be Pennsylvania governor – no need to, you know, freak out and go, you know, because it's not looking good. But you have to make sure that that not looking good outlook actually comes to fruition and sure. actually yeah. doesn't look good. And it yeah. doesn't, excuse me, that doesn't just not look good, but just isn't good. Like he loses. So all right. you got to do is if you live in Pennsylvania <laughs> is go and vote in November. Um, and if you don't live in Pennsylvania... Let people you know who do live in Pennsylvania to go and vote in November. And then that way we could reconvene day after the election and look back at this episode and say, uh, at least for now, uh, we didn't have to worry. Look at that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, It's it's going to be it's going to be a wild ride. I election day is going to be nuts. Um, it's also, I mean, it's also obviously like Mastriano is part of like, you know, there's all these far right candidates across the country like him. Um, so it's going to be quite a day watching of him and Vance and masters and, and all these people, um, yeah. can, can do anything. Right. And of course the, uh, the Dr. Oz. Oh, and of course Dr. Oz. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I mean, it'll both, be... both, 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 both from New Jersey, by the way, um, Oz and, and Mastriano. Mastriano oh, Mastriano's from Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and I think there was a story in the Inquirer last week that he, like, only gave up his voter registration in Jersey a few years ago or something. I think I think he's lived in Pennsylvania like for over ten years at least, but um, maybe maybe twenty. Um, but yeah, he's he's also from New Jersey. <laughs> hmm, interesting. Yeah. I always yeah. knew that uh, you know uh, you know growing up in New York uh, that. Like South Jersey and PA had this like affinity for each other, but I didn't realize so many uh, New Jersey Republicans actually thought they were Pennsylvanians for real. <laughs> that's that's news to me. Yeah, yeah, I mean, a new phenomenon. <laughs> Chris Mathias, senior reporter at HuffPost. All the links to uh, Chris's reports on Mastriano. Uh, are in the description on the public Patreon page and in the description of the YouTube link and will be in the description of the podcast episode when this goes up as a podcast. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for joining me today. And uh, please take the time right here to, uh, A, promote your social media, where people can find you on social media, and then B, if you'd like to like promote any upcoming pieces or anything else, feel free to do that as well. Oh, thanks, Pat. This has been a real pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, so you can follow me um, at Let's Go Matthias on Twitter. Um, and yeah, just keep an eye on HuffPost. I'm going to be back in Pennsylvania working on a feature about Mastriano this month. Um, and I have a couple other very interesting far-right stories coming out in the next week or two um, that you should keep an eye on. But uh, yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks, Matt. This is awesome. Looking forward to those uh, upcoming pieces. Big fan of your your work on the far-right. Thanks so much for joining me tonight. Have a have a great night and hope to have you back on again. I was talking to you before, before we went live and I was like, wait, how did I not have Chris on <laughs> earlier at some point? It's your first appearance here, but it will definitely not be the last. I really appreciate that, man. I, I look forward to the next one. Thank you, dude. Awesome. Take care. Have a great night. YouTube. Bye. All right, folks. We are going to go into the second half of the show where um, we will take your calls. We will read your super chats. We will read your Twitch chat or whatever. I will read it all. <laughs> um, but first, patreon.com slash Matt Binder to support this show. Um, the, this, this is the first month of 
um, where I think we will not be on an upwards trajectory since I started the Patreon page a few years ago. Um, a number of people have reached out to me and said they had to cancel because they lost their jobs or were having financial difficulty and we're hoping to be back when things get better. But uh, it seems to all be hitting people at once, which makes me wonder uh, what's going on. Is this uh, is this just happening to my audience or is this a, a look at something broader coming down the, the pike? Um, so if you, uh, you know, if you canceled, please don't feel bad or anything. You need to take care of yourself, your family first. Uh, come back when you can if you'd like. But if you are financially fine and have some disposable income and we're wondering uh, when would it be a good time to join the Patreon page for Matt to support his shows, both Doomed and the Scam Economy, um, I would say this month would be a pretty good month. So we uh, maybe we maybe we could do a, the ultimate comeback in these next geez last few days of September, and um, have uh, uh, that upward trajectory continue. So if you can, Patreon.com/slash Matt Binder. Uh, with your support, I'm looking to grow the show. Uh, you know, your support goes to paying off. Um, you know, f you know, hosting and equipment costs. Um, I would like to bring someone on board to help create more content and disperse the content we're already creating on more mediums. So if you can, join patreon.com slash Matt Bender. Uh, also, youtube.com slash Matt Bender. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. And if you'd like to give a, a one-off like monetary tip, you could do so via a live chat on the live stream feed. I read all live chats in the second half of the show. doesn't matter how many live chats there are. All live chats get read. That's uh, Well, this would be a good problem to have, but maybe there'll be a point where I can't read all live chats, but we're not at that point yet. Um and uh, if you catch the replay of this show, uh, you could leave a super thanks, which is the equivalent to a live chat, but it's in the comment section. Um, what else? What else? What else? Oh, twitch.tv slash Matt Binder. I'm also multicasting the live stream on there, so be sure to follow me on Twitch as well. And if you're an Amazon Prime subscriber, connect your Amazon Prime account to your Twitch account. And Amazon gives you a free Twitch Prime subscription every month. What is that? Basically, at no extra cost to you, you get to give a paid subscription to one of your favorite Twitch creators every month. Basically, Amazon pays that Twitch creator from uh, the Amazon Prime subscription that you already pay them to begin with. Uh so don't let it go to waste because otherwise you're just letting Amazon keep more of your Amazon Prime subscription. Um, even if you don't give it to me, give it to some other worthy Twitch creator. I'm telling you, I hope you do give it to me, but twitch.tv slash Matt Binder. Um, just make sure you use it. And you got to manually uh, renew it every month. That's how they get you. It's not an auto renew if you subscribe via Twitch Prime. Also, you can uh, check out the podcast version of this show at doomedcast.com. Be sure to check out my crypto show, Scam Economy, at scameconomy.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Matt Binder. Uh, what else? Oh, be sure to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform like Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Just type in Doomed and leave a review there. It helps more people discover the show because your review helps push this show up the uh, rankings on that platform. If you've already left the reviews for, for uh, Doomed, do it for Scam Economy and vice versa if you've already left the review for Scam Economy. And uh, I think that's all for now. Nothing else to really uh, promote at this time. Let me uh, quickly actually, if there's any uh, p patron subscribers to shout out. Again, it's been a very slow, slow month. Um... Let me give a shout out to uh, Pointless Stick Animation, Kerry W, Jake. Uh, thank you so much for becoming uh, patrons over the past week. Your support is greatly appreciated. Um, so with all that said, we are going to go into the second half of the show. And... Um, 
once again, fire up Skype. Search Doomed Live, one word, Doomed Live together. Uh, and you'll be able to call into this program. I'm going to take a quick, really quick, quick, quick break just to you know refill my drink um, so I don't uh, get parched in the second half. And uh, I'll see all you live stream viewers and you patrons in just a second. If you're only catching the free podcast version of this show that's going to go up, um, then this is where I say I will see you all next time on Doomed.